Alrighty, fellas. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen. Today we are talking about the yow for the Pebble Beach, but this is not the Pebble Beach, your poppy's Pebble Beach, right? This is not that. It's a little bit different now because you don't have a pro-am. That's one, but there's a couple of things. A couple of caveats to, you know, write down here right off the start of this one with the information coming your way is there's no pro-am. So you're just going to be getting this from a viewer experience to be a little bit better. And there's also just two courses. There's just going to be two courses in the rotation. Normally three courses. You're going to have Spying Glass and you're still going to have the Pebble Beach Golf Links is the actual title of the course name itself. So you're going to have those two. That's Nicholas Design. But you're not going to be having Monetary Bay. You're not going to be having the Peninsulas over there. So they're going with two courses. And these two courses are changing apparently from what I see on the Twitter talks right now. They're changing in distance by a couple hundred yards. So that's going to change some stuff here. Now they're both par 72s and they're both going to range out between somewhere now the distance is normally 7,000 right around 7,000 yards so now you can say it's maybe going to be 7,100 yards for one of the courses 7,200 still in that range though of not being a massively big course and a par 72 is going to make it a little bit easier right you're not looking at a par 70 a par 71 when you're looking at 7,100 or 7,200 yards so it just makes it a little bit easier to understand what you should be looking for here and what you should be looking for here is really anybody's going to be able to play this uh, if you have experience here it's probably one of the courses like the masters not as extensive as the masters or, or as uh, air tight as the master's course history type stuff but it's going to go a long way because you can really find yourself in some types of hazards and it's, it's mainly because of how small the greens are at this place right so it's not so much of hazards as much it is that if you're going to be missing the greens and they're really small right they're very very tiny greens some of the smallest and i believe the smallest on tour you can find yourself having some issues but because of that if you're actually on the green it's going to be a little bit easier from a putting standpoint right if you're on the green if you're a notoriously bad putter at this one it's just a little bit easier in baselining with some of the great putters because in average putting distance on this is just going to be naturally lower in general so we're going to be going through like we normally do through the salary ranges the 8 9 10 10k plus range this week we actually have a twelve thousand dollar player the first time i believe since i think the opening season last year i think it was justin thomas he either won it was the week after that he won at the tournament of championships and then in sony the next week both of those events in Hawaii, we just finished them up i believe he was twelve thousand dollars and i think that is the last time that we've seen a twelve thousand dollar golfer i don't think dj ever hit it in the playoffs last year but yes dustin johnson just coming off of now he's finished first second and first at the saudi arabia overseas he ended up beating out justin rose and tony finau who yet again was up there on the leaderboard and this is starting to become a, a trend as it has for years now and you can argue that dustin johnson winning overseas was a more impressive win than maybe not brooks kept given the situation of brooks narrative really being a 55 to 1 in, in a lot of opening books but just in terms of the field strength right just looking at field strength there yes it's, it's hard to compare when there's a rory there's a justin thomas and there's a john Rahman brooks's field but when you're looking at the field that dustin johnson was in i mean justin johnson himself is in that field bryson's in that field you had a also in that field at Hatton who we haven't really seen too much here in the PGA Tour this year but obviously one of the top ranked golfers in the world you have guys like Justin Rose and Tony Finau finishing highly right Paul Casey who was a expensive golfer this week was overseas Kevin Na lots of other players in that field so that's what you're going to get when you have the world number one winning and now coming to a field event where it's not going to be that strong you're going to get a four to one odds to win four to one odds is the lowest that I've seen in a while we had last year I believe we ended up seeing Justin Thomas at like five to one at one point we saw Bryson at six to one he actually won that event as well I think that was a rocket mortgage so yeah you're going to be having a four to one dustin johnson here at twelve thousand dollars to open it up and again it is deservingly so it is deservingly so when you have the number one ranked player coming off of a victory overseas in a pretty tough field and now he's going into a uh, let's just say not tough field at all when you're getting going to be getting jordan spieth who yes 
course history is a thing for Jordan Spieth. We'll get into it. Yes, coming off of one of his best performances and arguably his best performance in about three years when you're talking about his irons and approach play since about 2018. But when these guys who are the course history nuts like a Phil Mickelson and a Jason Day and a Jordan Spieth start to be the guys that are now up here on the leaderboards or, or the price boards of $9,500 or above, there's going to be some interesting spots to fade because of course history. There'll be some interesting spots that just naturally get different in that 7K range where everybody in the 7K range is normally like 6K range golfers. It is a very, very weak field as a lot of people are going to be skipping this event. Normally they do because it's a pro-am, right? They don't want to be out there for 10 hours or whatever it is. Sometimes just because of your sponsors, you have to go to this. So some guys get dragged into it and just some exemptions you have to be going for. Some guys you have to go like every once every four years, things like that. But now people are just going to be, if you're over in Saudi Arabia and you have to come back over, you're just going to be skipping the week, just playing at your home course, whatever it might be with the long travel that you have. So yeah, let's start this thing up. Basically, it's going to be a two course rotation. Like I said, it's not going to be anything overly long, maybe 7,200 yards with some of this addition that I was seeing on Twitter at this point. The Pebble Beach, both of them are par 72s. You'll be getting a cut after 36 holes here. So after your two rounds on Friday, pretty normal there. You're going to be having a very full field event. I believe it is 156 golfers here. So as full as it's going to be getting right now, as of my recording, always be sure to check this on Twitter and just be checking in on DraftKings when they release anything. If somebody's going to be ruled out or withdrawing from the event for whatever reasons before lock times, you can obviously get them out of your lineups, take them out of your player pool. So we can start up top where on a range like this or on a slate like this, where there's not much, right? You're paying up automatically for the eight and the nine K range more than you ever should. So the seven K range is going to be a range where you're going to be getting a lot of guys, even the six K range dipping into. So it's easy to pay up, right? It's easy to go stars and scrubs because the only stars on this slate are really above $10,000 when you're paying 10,400 for Paul Casey, who's coming off of a decent showing at the Saudi Arabia last week, who's coming off of a couple of decent showings on the PGA tour when his irons have been clicking as of late. But if you want to go all the way up to Dustin Johnson, it's hard to get away from Dustin Johnson just from a pure overall point projection standpoint, from a prop betting standpoint. If you're talking about the sponsor of today's show, Monkey Knife Fight, if you want to check them out, linked down below. It's a place to be placing some player props, especially if you're in a state, if you are in a state where it's not yet legal to bet on sports, Monkey Knife Fight is classified as a fantasy game. So you can bet on things like birdies and things like that, but also fantasy points over there. So that's why they get the little caveat. I was talking to one of their lawyers, Darren, on Clubhouse the other day, and he said that's the caveat that they got pushed through there. So you can check that out down below. If you want to use my last name, Vetri, V-E-T-R-I, they'll give you a, a free money match up to $50. So if you put in 20, bam, you get 20. You want to put it all the way up to 50, bam, you get 50. Now you have 100 in your account. But the props that I'll be taking, yeah, Dustin Johnson, right? There's no ownership. There's nothing like that. There's no salary cap on Monkey Knife. You're just taking the props on him. You're just going to be betting on his over fantasy points, his over birdie or better, all those types of things. That's what I'm going to be betting on Dustin Johnson. So again, go over there right now and take the Dustin Johnson props on the over because his projection is looking mighty fine in this level of a field. When it's a weaker field, his scoring position just in general is going to look a lot better for you, not to mention he's the number one birdie or better player in this field, number one total strokes gain player, approaches something in ball striking in general, something that I'm really looking at this week. And oh yeah, he's number one in each of those coming off of a win in his last couple of PGA Tour events, the 11th at the Tournament of Champions to start the year, the only time we've seen him this season. And he date back to last year when he was just absolutely destroying the playoffs, winning the Masters, finishing second at the Houston Open, winning the Tour Championship, and winning the Northern Trust, right? He's on an absolute tear, not to mention two second place finishes during that stretch, one of which was at another major, the PGA Championship. And that's why he's four to one to win this thing. And I do think he's going to be popular. I do think he's going to be highly owned, right? When you're playing in GPPs, he's just one of those guys that obviously, yeah, yeah, cut maker here, right? We haven't seen Dustin Johnson at this point miss a cut since the Memorial back in July. And that was just a very wacky weekend where there was some bad weather. He ended up losing six strokes with the putter on the ground. He went back to back worst rounds that you've seen out of him in a while. And then he ended up just winning a couple of weeks later, right? And finishing second at the PGA a couple of weeks later, bouncing right back. And he really hasn't put up a bad round since then. A sixth at the US Open was his worst finish in a cut event since then, which is absolutely insane. So Dustin Johnson, yeah, fading him scary because like top five just seems like in a back pocket with this level of a playing field where maybe like the 10th best golfer in this field right now is arguably Sam Burns, right? Max Homa's like in the top 15 to top 12 of his competition this week. And when you're looking at those guys, mano y mano, just mental, 
right? Just in terms of the, the mental game of it on Sunday, trying to close if DJ's anywhere within a couple of strokes of these guys, that mental side of it when Dustin Johnson's in your group, your final group, or just around that leaderboard, it is just so much of an edge for him. But I'm here to say that in single entries, yeah, I'm probably fading Dustin Johnson this week. Why is that the case? In 150s, I'll probably be above the field on him. But in my single entries, where I have a lot of my personal exposure, single entry and three max, most of my money that I'd be playing in, especially with NFL over, even more now coming into PGA, I'm probably fading him. And this is something that bit me all of last year. He was going in 30% owned in some of these things. The tour championship, right? He ends up winning the thing, but he's like 30 plus percent on 40% on, I believe in that contest. It's just not something that I really want to do at the, at the masters. He was 33% on, he was the chalk. Okay. I'm fading him. He ends up winning it, right? Eventually he's going to stop winning every single event that he's chalking tournament of champions, right? At the start of the year, he ends up finishing 11th. That's not that great for what his price point was. He's 23% on. So I can get away from that. So as long as we can avoid, if he finishes fifth or sixth, okay, we, we really don't need him, right? If you played him, it doesn't hurt you. But if you don't play him, as long as you can avoid that top three, four finish with a high scoring finish, the second that he just has one or two bad holes. And now he's in a spot where he doubles once or twice in this event. And now he's in a spot where he's finishing seventh, eighth outside the top 10. Perfect. We just faded probably 30 plus percent of the field. Like he's 33% on at the masters. Yes. That is a smaller field event where some of the, the, the cream of the crop rises. But if now he's coming into this field, where there's not that much of a competition point in general, then yes, I do think he's going to be pushing 30 plus percent on. So if you start to see 35, 40%, uh, Dustin Johnson right now, He's going to project out nice. That's why we like him on the sponsor monkey knife fight, but I'm personally going to be fading him. And in this range, if I have to go to this range, and I probably will, because honestly, probably getting to maybe two of these guys, but be, there's not that many secure studs on the slate. Patrick Cantley would be the guy that I go to as the pivot option off of Dustin Johnson. I assume that Patrick Cantley still picks up 20 plus percent ownership. I assume that most of these guys, your burgers, your Casey, probably more ownership to burger over Casey, maybe even pushing towards Cantley. Burger's been very popular lately. Burger in his first start here last year, finished top five, a T5 exactly. He's been very good lately. Number two putting in this field and number three in overall stroke gain. He's like mono e mono right now with Cantley, but I'll just take kind of Cantley's consistency at this point. Since getting over his injury last year, when he came back, he ended up seeing him miss a cut. He ended up seeing him finish like 43rd at the PGA, not play too well at the Northern Trust when he missed that cut. But over these last couple of events, you got to see him win the Zozo. So you got to see him play fine at the Masters in a situation where he ended up coming back later on in that event and looking better. And I was second at the Amex when everything was clicking. Yes, he gains over six and a half strokes with a putter, but if you're going to gain 16 and a half total strokes, yes, 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 16 and a half total strokes in an event at the Amex, you're probably going to have to do it some way or no. That was the second best event that he's had from a strokes gain total standpoint, but you're probably gonna have to obviously gain them with a putter in a major way. But in the other aspects of his game, almost four strokes gain with, on the approach. That's what I'm looking for this week. We know that he's a quality approach player. Now, maybe that's not one of his biggest strengths, but it's definitely not a downfall, right? When the guy over his last 20 rounds right now is still gaining over a stroke on the approach, I'm okay to end up getting there, gaining over 1.5 strokes on the approach. So Cantley's gonna be the one guy that I choose in this range. He's 10 to one in the golf tournament. He's by far the co-favorite or the number two, I should say, behind Dustin Johnson. Now there's a big gap there, but he's number two by a decent amount. And that's why you have to pay an extra thousand dollars more over Paul Casey or Daniel Berger. Chris Casey's 20 to one, Daniel Berger's 18 to one just for their win overall upside. I have no issues with Daniel Berger, who I've already used, I believe as my one and done. I used him at the Sony. He didn't finish terribly, he finished seventh overall. So I, I'll end up taking some of that money. It wasn't anything great, but we used Daniel Berger there. Now, maybe this was a better field to use him in, right? I might just end up wasting quote unquote wasting, but my Dustin Johnson uh, one and done here early on. I think we're going to do a betting video tomorrow. And I'll, I'll kind of focus in on my one and done on Tuesday as well at that point. But you're coming off of a miscut. So I'm hoping at least management miscut. He was just terrible on the approach. That's not something that's probably going to stick for him. He's a good ball strike player, but I'm hoping that that some of the ownership down because right now he's a no for me because I'm assuming he's going to be the second highest owned player probably in this field behind only Dustin Johnson. If that's the case, I'll pivot over to Cantley. Now, if Cantley becomes much higher on the Daniel Berger, I pivot over to Daniel Berger. It, it's, it's almost as simple as that for me. Cantley's got a lot more security in terms of making the cut, but that was the first cut that we saw out of Daniel Berger since the Memorial back in July. So he's been overall more consistent player since that time, but the longevity of these guys dating back two years.
years or so, it's definitely the Patrick Hanley side. Paul Casey coming off of playing not on the PJ Tour, if you're looking at any type of database like that, but over in Saudi overseas, he ended up playing pretty well over there. Last time we saw him on the tour was the AMAX, he finished top 10, and this is the best we've seen Paul Casey in a very long time. He gained in every single category for the first time since he finished second at the PGA Championship, but he was doing it in major ways. 6.5 strokes gained on the approach. Okay, that's what we're looking for. That's his best performance since that PGA, the major last year. He gained even with the putter last week. He gained 9.6 strokes T to green. So Paul Casey's game is clicking. He was clicking again last week as well. We don't have the exact strokes gain numbers from that event to see if he was firing it again with the irons, but finishing that highly, I assume they were not being anywhere near catastrophic. If anything, maybe they're average, but average to good. So Paul Casey at 10,400. Here's my strategy. My strategy is to get two of Cantley, Paul Casey, and Berger in my lineups, right? Right now, I probably lean to go Cantley and Berger, but it'll depend on the ownership. If Casey comes in severely under-owned out of the four, I'll pivot to there off of whoever is likely going to be the highest. Owned. So that's where I'm at right now. We break down into the 10K plus range because I think it's important, especially on a weaker slate. We're not going to spend that much time on each range as we're obviously already a decent amount into this video, but thank you for still being here. Like, subscribe, do all of those things. We're also going to be going live for this event Wednesday around noon, noon, 12.30 Eastern time. So hit that notification bell so you know when we go live. If you're not listening on the podcast version, we also do have a podcast version. So if you're like, hey, you know what? I, I don't have time today to watch the video. Well, you can multitask, go shopping, whatever you're doing at work. The Sal Vetri Show is the podcast version. So just letting you know about that. We'll scroll down to the 9K range now where you're going to have the young stud and Will Zaltoris, the guy who uh, is, is kind of reminds me of like your Colin Morikawa. It's not to the same anywhere near extent, right? My Colin Morikawa already winning a major, already finishing highly in multiple events at this point. But Colin Morikawa in terms of just kind of that, that guy with pedigree, right? Who's basically a $10,000 player in a smaller field event. That's kind of why he's reminding me of him. Morikawa did that kind of early on. Uh, you saw Matthew Wolf do that at times towards the end of last year in some weaker field events. But Zaltoris is playing great. Zaltoris is definitely in play for me. We saw him here way, way, way back. Uh, he paid back in 2018, I believe, at that point as an amateur. But you're getting out of him is really strong iron play. And this is kind of what you sign up for. A top 10 iron player at $9,900. He's very appealing. It'll be interesting to see where his ownership is. Last couple of events are a 17th and a 7th to start this season, gaining 4.6 strokes with his irons and 2.3 strokes with his irons. Overall, the putter has just been fine. He lost like a half a stroke last week, but it's nothing of major concern. So Zalatoris for me just looks like a guy that's saying, okay, I'm fine going there. Now, Jordan Spieth is the one that people are going to want to talk about. And it's not for the same extent of Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson just because of the price point and the ownership on an expensive player. So leveraging off of that. But Jordan Spieth is definitely going to be owned. This is a guy who has the course history here, winning back in 2017. He finished top 10 last year and he came out of nowhere, right? He came out of nowhere kind of cold and he just ends up finishing top 10 for you because of the course history is what people will say. Now, last week he comes into with a co-lead with Xander going into Sunday. And I personally had no confidence that he was going to win it. And I was rooting for him at that point, right? In terms of just trying to see him get off of this little slide here of not having any victories on the PJ Tour for a few years now. But here's the thing. He was in a spot on Fridays and on Saturday mornings where he would be in the leader right around that top three. And people would say, oh my God, Jordan Spieth is going to do this again, right? And then the mental side of it would fall apart on Saturday and you would just see him kind of eject himself from the tournament. Well, now you got that on Sunday right away you got that right starting starting the, the day off with a bogey and not hitting the fairway in a major way so i really need to see jordan speed do something before i try and bet on him to win an event right because it's all the mental side of it now right we, we know the game's there he ended up gaining the most strokes that he has since 2018 with the approach so that's the that's the great thing right he gained 7.8 strokes on approach the putter was clicking for over four strokes the most we've seen from him in basically a half a year at this point so that was good to see out of jordan speed and now he's coming to the place where he's been historically great a ninth a 45th a 20th a first a 20 a 21st right winning a couple of times here in different types of events not just this this pro-am yeah jordan speed at ninety seven hundred dollars he's priced up for it he's already there he's already priced for it, right if jordan speed at this point finishes top 10 he kind of needs to do that at ninety seven hundred dollars and if the ownership is going to pile onto it because the narrative will be the irons were the best that they were in almost three years which they were right that, that credit to him they were but the mental side of it right if i don't think that he actually has the the mentals up there right now on a sunday until i see it personally i'm not going to be taking him and i'm not going to be betting on him and at ninety seven hundred dollars i'm not going to be playing for him because in my opinion he's probably 
$500 at the very minimum overpriced for that course history, maybe even that recent form from last week. Another guy in Jason Day who's very similar to Phil Mickelson in this event, like these are these are your, your course hero nuts, right? Jason Day will always come out from no form, which is kind of what he's doing right now, uh, like four of his last five missed cuts, I believe. He's finished fourth, fourth, second, fifth, and 11th here. It's just his place. It's just like Phil Mickelson, who I'll jump down to in the 8K range just to say, Phil's finished third, first, second, 65th, and second, right? These guys are just course history nuts on this course. It's similar to Spieth, but in an even more major way. So right now, Jason Day at 95 dollars is a no for me and i'm actually going to make him a maybe because jason day usually comes out as a nice leverage play he usually projects out nicely if he just makes the cut which hasn't been happening but he's normally a nice projection in my projections the way that i do it and again he has to make the cut for that to obviously see your four rounds through and see that through but he's not normally owned so if jason day is going to be getting the, the pull off from jordan spieth being in this range i think i can go to jason day but at the end of the day no pun intended wills al torres is just the guy in this range that i want if you're paying up to 9500 and above and not touching that 10k plus range just go to zal torres i know he doesn't have the quote course history but he's the better overall form golfer right now over all these guys uh jordan spieth uh jason day ricky fowler's in this range right some of these veteran guys so the guy that i want in this range is wills Altors if you're paying up otherwise francisco molinari is somebody that i'll go to we have not seen it in over a year we have not seen it since the masters at almost two years ago from consistent play out of francisco molinari when you ended up seeing tiger coming back and beating him he goes and dunks it into the water a couple times and now you've finally seen it a 15th last year kind of sparked us a little bit at the houston open where he gained strokes everywhere missed the cut at the masters okay it was just a flash in the pan. But no, no, no. This year, he had an eighth at the American Express, gained strokes everywhere. And then at the Farmers, he finishes 10th overall. So two top 10 finishes, basically gains everywhere, gains 4.1 strokes on approach, and then 2.9 strokes on approach. He has now gained on approach in four straight events. Francisco Molinari is somebody that had been playing terribly last year, right? This, this was his track record before the Houston Open. A miscut, a 53rd, miscut, 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 right? All these terrible performances dating all the way back until you're getting to your Masters. He had a couple of nice little bit of a stretch in between there. But Molinari right now at $9,300 is a yes for me so it's al torres in this range molinari areas is i could also go to sam burns who's just a very strong ball striker off the tee game you're gonna get a quality approach player and a strong putter as well i would rank it in this range al torres molinari and sam burns as my interests right now so the 8k range we go the 8k and above range will take most of your ownership and then we'll get into the 7 and 6k range where the 6k range there's some guys down there but in a weak field event the 6k range is going to be even weaker like guys that majority of these guys literally haven't made a cut in like three months right like like 10 golf events is what you're gonna see from a lot of these guys so they're not somebody that you can really get any pulse on unless you're just blindly picking them so the 7k range is definitely some plays the upper sixes will touch on some of that but then after that i'm not dipping down below like 60 for the most part like 6500 this week but the 8k range is going to have a nice amount of options i think this is where you're going to probably get in a lot of your lineups most people will probably find two maybe even three guys in this range because it's a very strong range relative to the rest of the field i'll start it off with max homa at 8800 who i think will come in a little bit lower on and people will stay away from him he's had success here a 14th and a 10th the last couple of years he's playing as good as he has ever played i I've mentioned it a couple times in this podcast in terms of just what he's been doing from a mental standpoint. The physical part of his game, he said, has been there for a while. But the mental side of it, right, like I'm saying with Jordan Spieth on a Sunday, he said that hasn't been there as much. And it's not so much getting in his own head competitive-wise or because of his other opponents he's playing against. It's more so him getting into his own head in terms of just self-doubt after it, being, letting the last week's event filter into the next week in terms of saying that you're playing terrible this past month, things like that. But as we've worked on that, we've seen it play out nicely. A 12th, a 21st, an 18th, and a 42nd is the finishes lately. Now, obviously, you don't want the 42nd but the 42nd kind of can kind of be thrown out a little bit. He had a bad short game last week, but the thing that's impressive, the best approach play that we've seen from Max Homa these last two weeks in a very long time. He gained 5.9 strokes on approach last week. The week before that, 4.5 strokes on approach. That's what I'm looking for here is approach play at $8,800 for a guy who didn't finish as highly last week. And there's some other guys around him who I think Phil Mickelson might grab some course history. 
history ownership, right? He's had three top three finishes each of the last three years. Uh, you're going to get some other guys playing nicely around him, like a Henrik Norlander, Cameron Chingali looking decent. So Homa for me, somebody who's playing a lot of golf as well right now, basically playing like three weeks in a row, I'm going to be getting myself some Max Homa at $8,800. Henrik Norlander is the next man up here. Henrik Norlander, yeah, he's had some nice success here as well. He's the number three approach player in this field, number two ball striker. A lot of that coming from the strong approach playing the strong irons. Over his last 20 rounds, he's gained 1.6 strokes on approach and over two strokes tee to green, and you're getting quality play. A 12th, a second, and a 22nd over the last three weeks. Arguably playing better because of that second place finish at the Farmers than Mr. Max Homa. He's gaining on approach 1.7, 3.2, and 4.1 strokes. I don't really have much bad things to say about Norlander other than he's priced up and just watch the ownership here. And we can talk about this on Wednesday, and I have ownership down below on Patreon, so I have my own projections, rankings, ownership, and a bunch of tools. A key stats database, all linked down below, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri. It's in the podcast and YouTube description if you want to check it out. But Homa is just going to be the easy pivot for me. So whichever one between Homa and Norlander is lower home is basically who I'm going to be going with in that range right now. Phil Mickelson, he's been fantastic here. I really don't know what else to say. He just kind of comes out of nowhere. He's winning on the senior tour now, and now he's going to probably show up at, at this event and just still look good in a weak field event. He just gets it done here. Eventually, it's going to be stopping. I'm just not going to be going to Phil right now. There's not really much for me to want to get to him to, and there's also other guys in this range. So I assume Phil picks up some ownership for the course history stuff, and I'll just fade that to try and get the, the 5 to 8% ownership that he picks up. And if it's higher, well, then I'm definitely fading it. But try and get away from those 5 to 8% of lineups, it makes it pretty easy just not playing him. Tringali would be my next yes. He's coming off a back-to-back top 20 performances, a 17th at the Waste Management and 18th at the Farmers. The approach play has not been clicking as much as it normally has been. The approach play over his last 20 rounds, 1.5 strokes gained on approach, but he's only gained a half a stroke and 0.6 strokes. So something to watch out for. His putter has been very good, much better than it has been in a very long time, right? His overall, his last 20 rounds gains about a stroke putting. He's been gaining 2.4 and 2.7 in the last couple of weeks. But just in general, he's playing solid everywhere. The off the tee game is there, right? That off the tee game is something that if you're just talking long-term for him, is not something that's normally there. So the off the tee game is there. The putter in, in the approach play is normally there for him, but now that you're getting the off the tee game there, it's pretty interesting. So you have all these guys in this similar price range at the 8K range. And honestly, a lot of these guys are normally in that 7K range, mid to low 7K range with your Homas, your Norlanders, and your Tringali. So it feels weird to pay up for him. But in this type of a field, they're that caliber of a player, an 8K player. So Homa, Tringali, and Norlander. And the last one that kind of gets all grouped together for this range, he's at $8,000 flat, a nice little discount off of him here. He actually comes in as the number two approach player in this field. And that man's name is Mr. Matthew Naismith, who I was on for a while last year. There's a little bit of stretch where Matthew Naismith was playing very well, very good golf in September 41st and a 17th and 8th. He misses the cup, then a 15th at the RSM, right? I was on him during those weeks and it felt pretty good, right? It felt pretty good. And now he's kind of back to that form, especially in this field. He's coming off of a top 10 at the waste management and his iron play is a thing that we like. Again, he's the number two approach player in this field and we're getting to see it, right? He can absolutely lose it around the greens. He's ranked 137th out of 156 golfers around the green. His short game is terrible. And that's the concern with him, right? So right now he's a yes for me, but if he picks up any ownership, I'm going to full fade because these are smaller greens. So if you're around the green play is bad, it can get really, you, I mean, you could just be chipping it right over that green in like three times, right? It could be like Paul Casey did one time last year out of a sand bunker. He chips it over the water and then he ends up chipping it into the water. It's just absolutely terrible. Like Matthew Naismith, he's very similar to Doc Redman in terms of the around the green play, like the golfer outside of that, like the approach and the ball striking is so good. The around the green play is just so bad. In his last couple of events though, he is gaining around the green and that's why you're seeing a 48th and a made cut and a seventh at the waste management. But if there's one guy in this range and there's a couple of them, right? There's your Alex Norlands in this range. There's your James Hans in this range. There's a couple guys in this range, but like the one guy who can just absolutely eject himself right away because around the green play is terrible and he ends up putting up a triple bogey on a hole is Mr. Matthew Naismith but the upside is so much there he's gained 4.5 and 6.6 strokes on approach the last couple of weeks and again he's gained over a stroke in each of those events around the green 
the putter was clicking one of those events as well. And that's why you got the top 10 at the waste management. So Naismith at $8,000 flat, you can, I'll scroll to him right now. So you can see him on the screen. He's a yes, but I'm going to make him a maybe just because of the fact that I don't want to make it seem too overconfident in his abilities to even make the cut at this point. Cause out of all those four guys we talked about, Norlander, Tringale, and Max Homa, I think Naismith is the least likely to make the cut. Doesn't mean I don't think he's going to make the cut. It's a weak field, but I think he's the least likely because he has that one part of his game that can absolutely eject him. Like Norlander is not that great around the green, but he's a decent putter. He can make up for it in that regard. Matthew Naismith is terrible around the green and he's not a good putter. But again, the approach play, if he can put himself on the pin more often than not, that's where he sets himself up. And that's what he's been doing the last couple of weeks. Let's now get into the 7K range. Again, if you want to be checking out the sponsor of the show, they're linked down below all the information for Monkey Knife Fight. You'll be getting a free money match. If you put 10 bucks in, you'll get another 10 right there if you use the code Vetri, V-E-T-R-I. They've been a proud sponsor. Basically, it's coming up on a year now. March will be a year since we partnered with Monkey Knife Fight. So be sure to check them out down below. If you have any specific questions on any of the props and the game modes of Monkey Knife Fight or specific like this this or that, which one's your lean, just reach out to me, either in the Patreon, Discord, either on Twitter, at Salvage or DFS. Happy to help for sure. So in the 7K range, I do think, at least in my mind, this guy should be one of the chalkiest players in the field. So we'll see what happens there. And if he's not, I'm going to load up in a major way. He was only 3% on the waste management, only 1% percent on at the farmers and then we finally got to see it harold varner who sets up for this course in a fantastic way the putter is always going to be bad but everything else he's fourth in ball striking he's top 20 around the green top 20 off the tee he's fourth in approach play third in tee to green in this field over his last 50 rounds that is last year he played here for the first time or the first time in the last five years he ends up missing the cut but varner like when i'm looking at varner i thought he was going to be an 8k player relative to the matthew naismiths of the world the james hans i really thought he was going to be an 8k player he finished 13th last week at the waste management and the irons were clicking that's the thing even losing about a stroke putting the irons picked up almost five strokes he gained seven strokes t to green and that's the normal harrod vaughn right he's probably going to lose strokes putting for you more times than not but as long as he's picking up somewhere around like three to five and if he has a nice event he picks up six seven strokes six strokes like he did at the houston when he finished top 15 he'll make the cut he'll start to be like right around that top 10 top 15 come the weekend and then it comes down to what he does on saturday harold vaughn is really a saturday golfer right he'll start so well for you a lot of the times he's live for a first round leader and then saturday's a day where he kind of just the moving day he starts to move downward sunday has a decent day and you see he's there with like a, a 27th overall finish but it's $7,700. He's one of the value options and, and honestly a rare value option in this type of a field because most of these Harold Varner type guys are in that 8K range already or arguably are even in that 9K range this week. So Varner is the clear yes for me coming off of some nice form that we finally seen after the miscut at the Farmers to start the season off. The miscut basically aided by his short game. He lost over five strokes putting in around the green. That bumped back the opposite week where it was a net neutral. He just gained zero strokes around the green and putting so it was net neutral and the irons clicking and the off the tee clicking to a certain extent were really got him there. So at $7,700, he's my favorite pay up option in the 7k range now if you're listening on the podcast you can't see my interest on the screen the x's are maybes the y's are yeses if you are watching and the n's are no's uh, this is early on in the week obviously that stuff changes my whole player pool come thursday morning and it'll be out throughout the week will be on patreon as well as some of those other tools down below in the description but there's a lot of other guys i have interest in that i'm not mentioning i just want to spend the entire time talking about like 100 golfers right so like rory sabatini right coming off of a miscut i think i like that scott stallings in this range makes some sense from an approach standpoint Chaz Revi has missed a ton of cuts in a row but if you're talking about a weaker field event and looking for a a quality golfer ranks 63rd right now still in the pga tour rankings or the world golf rankings he's fifth in approach playing this field over his personal last 50 rounds compared to others uh yeah ches Reeve is a guy that look recent form and everything's gonna make this guy literally zero percent owned but he actually sets up decently on this course and he is 80 to 1 to win this event which does tell us that he's probably about 300 dollars on their price based on where his pricing is for his odds so that's kind of like a sneaky option but as we scroll down the other guy in the seven range that stands out more than others is going to be mr kyle stanley who i actually think like when there's a where there's a field where you got some of these guys who have course history and dustin johnson up top but really no other power studs up top like 
Paul Casey is, is considered like a top three, top four golfer in this field. I do think that guys like Kyle Stanley, and you saw last year, the winner of this event, Mr. Nick Taylor won at some pretty long odds last year. So guys like Kyle, I mean, one, first of all, like Carol Varner, but also guys like Kyle Stanley are pretty interesting because we're finally seeing it. Basically, like all of last year, you were lucky if you got a made cut. And if you got the made cut, maybe finished like 30th for you out of Kyle Stanley, but so many missed cuts. But we've finally seen it this year. This is three weeks in a row, a 32nd, right? Uh, 18th and a 36th in the approach plays what's clicking. 5.2 strokes stroke gain on approach, four strokes gain on approach, two strokes gain on approach. What's the downside for Kyle Stanley? Oh, it's easily the putter, right? He's lost five strokes, one stroke and a half a stroke putting in those last three events. Kyle Stanley is a type of player that he has that iron play to get you there. And he's almost like a Matthew Naismith for $600 less, right? He's, he's going to be not as bad around the greens, but a terrible putter. He ranks 134th in this field in putting, but everything else looks pretty decent. The approach play clicking as of late, he's ranking out pretty nicely there. Ball striking overall in T to green, kind of going to stem from that looks pretty nice. So Stanley at $7,400, uh, your discount Matthew Naismith, if you will, in this event for $600 less is going to be a yes for me as well. Some other options down here, like a Charlie Hoffman, a Jim Furyk, Brandon Grayson Hubbard also look pretty nice at $7,200 a piece. Bronson at $7,200 is probably the guy that I would go to in the seven K range on the very low end. If I had to pick one, he's been playing pretty nice as of late. He's somebody that just in general is going to rank out as a kind of average everywhere. The off the tee game is what you think of in terms of distance a little bit more, but you're getting some decent recent form 37th and a 42nd. And what the nice thing is, is you're seeing the approach play clicking for the first time. And I would say about two or three months, 3.6 strokes gained and two point six strokes gained back to back strokes gained on approach since last July. So even six months, you can go back to six, seven months at this point. In that low seven K range, that's where I would go if you're looking like seventy two hundred dollars and below. Now we can move to the six K range. We're just in general in the six K range, I'll be honest with you, there's not that many options, but I think one guy up top that's kind of like your low seven K range, and maybe you just dip down into this range just to get to him is Mr. Cameron Piercy. Cameron Piercy at this point, he's going to be overall odds to win this event. Doesn't look great. He's two hundred and fifty to one. But right now he ranks out top twenty in approach play as his last 50 rounds, not just like overall, but his last personal 50 rounds, he made the cut at the farmers. You saw the approach play clicking overall. The approach play has been there, even though he missed the cut at the Amax, but he's at least looked dis- decent. And you're in this range right now where you're just looking for something. You're looking for a guy who probably isn't going to be good around the greens, but can get you there some weeks with some upside weeks. Like you saw at the Safeway last year, one of his better performances gaining six strokes with a putter. So he can get you there sometimes with the putter. It's like, not like it's never going to happen for a lot of these guys down here in this range. And he's a guy that just has the upside to make the cut. At 6,900, one or two guys in this 6 or 7K range that you're looking for, just make the cut for us, right? Do something after that. Like, we would like you to finish, like, I don't know, 30th, 20th, higher than that would be great. But just make the cut to start us off, right? Like, we might have a very low 6 out of 6 percentage this week because there's just going to be a bunch of nobodies making the cut down in this range. And I think a decent amount of those nobodies, maybe some of them with names like you think, Cameron Piercy, you understand that name if you follow golf. Some of them, most of them are probably going to come from the 7K and upper 6K range because a lot of these guys are just absolute, just who are they in that lower 6K range? So other guys that are at least professional golf. Offers. Chase Seifert looking decent as of late. Did play here last year, a uh, younger player, ended up finishing 50th overall. Tyler Duncan, just some professional golfers that are actually in this range. But I'll scroll all the way down to the bottom because if you're in a 6K range and you're looking for some guys, this is kind of the borderline of where I would go. Now, here's the thing these guys are yeses for me, but it does not mean that they're just strong, they're fantastic players. No, it just means relative to the guys around them in this mid to lower 6K range, they would be the guys that I gravitate towards. So Cameron Piercy at 6,900. But if you're looking for a little bit cheaper there and you're really trying to go up with stars and scrubs, you've had right now back to back made cuts for Mr. Grayson Murray down here, who looks like a decent option, who's coming off of an event where he gained three strokes on approach. The putter is going to be terrible. Like he ended up losing nine strokes with the putter at the farmers where he barely made the cut and then just ejected himself from the event, losing nine strokes with the putter. He has lost strokes with the putter in six straight events, but in a lot of those, he's losing like a half a stroke. But again, you're down here in the $6,500 range. You just want a guy that can make the cut and actually has, I mean, compared to some other guys in the, the lower 6K range that have just no names, like who are they in this event? Grayson Murray actually has, I would say something behind him, back-to-back made cuts for the first time. So this is something as well. Back-to-back made cuts for the first time since last February. So 
not a great golfer by any means, but somebody who's trending in the right direction. Rob Ophenium as well at 6,500. I can't believe I'm saying these guys' names as actual options, but another guy who as of late has been playing a little bit better, right? He missed a cut at the Farmers, but at the AMAX, he finished 47th overall. He gained eight strokes on approach, which is some of the best golf he's seen from him in a long time. Again, a terrible putter, but he's actually gained on approach now in three straight events and four out of his last five. So again, these are just guys down here. I much prefer Cameron Piercy. Another guy down here, in, in Mr. Christoph Ventura is another option, right? Another option that just keeps missing cuts, but when you're comparing him to all these other guys missing cuts, has a little bit more of a ceiling, I would say, especially when it comes to just the overall putting play, but the approach play, terrible. That's why he's going to be 301 to win this event. And then if you're looking for one guy at the $6,500 range or below, I have one guy listed here as a yes. Again, this does not mean that he's a better play than some of the 8K guys that weren't listed as yeses. It means in his price range of $6,400 or 63 or 62, Hank Lebiota would be the guy that I get to. You're getting back-to-back strokes gained on approach of 2.3 and 2.9. His 4.2 strokes gained at the Farmers, where he missed the cut, right? Because he ended up just not playing as better as everybody else in somewhat of a birdie fest. He gained 4.2 strokes tee to green. That was the most that we've seen from him since the summer. So again, he's a yes in this range if you're just comparing him to some of these other options. Maybe I should make him a, a maybe just so people don't get all, all that crazy. I'm not really dipping down here. There's nobody else at all below 6,500 outside of Lebioba that I'm even looking at or considering this week. So that's where I'm at. We're at Pebble Beach. We're just two courses now and no pro-am and we don't have that many studs showing up. Arguably like the only quote, unquote, I mean the only top 10 ranked players in the world are Cantley and Dustin Johnson right now. And I would say that the only stud is basically Dustin Johnson, who's going to come in 35 to 40% owned in a lot of contests. In smaller field stuff, you'll probably see him at 50 plus percent owned. And I can't, I can't argue with that when he's number one ranked off of a win, the number one birdie or better player, the number one total strokes game putter, the number one DraftKings scorer in this field right now. Everything's lining up for him to be 40% owned. And all I need for him to happen is to not finish. Like you get the last two events that he's been here, 32nd and a 45th, do one of those, do one of those. And, and we're fading 50% of the field and we're looking good. So personally, if that ownership is coming in high, I'll get away from him. He's a man who burned my wallet all every single time that I fade him at the Masters, faded him at the, at the tour championship, right? When he's 40, 50% owned and it didn't work out for me. But a lot of the times when you're fading the guy who's 40 or 50% owned in PGA DFS, it's a different animal than anything else. It is so variant. And this guy, Dustin Johnson is right now is on a six month heater that we have not seen in a very long time. That's why he's number one ranked in the world. But you can't just take this as gospel. You can't just take this as this is going to continue to happen week in and week out. So in PJ DFS, I fade that. I, I bank on the variance a little bit there. So that's where I'm at right now. Thank you for tuning in. Hit the like and subscribe before you go. I'll be posting my PGA betting video in one and done tomorrow on Tuesday. This video is going to be coming out for people watching in, in the future, the future people out there later on on Monday. Wednesday, we'll do a live stream around noon Eastern time. I also do NBA content on this channel, MMA content. We have a creator come on. He is fantastic. He comes out on Thursdays and then we'll be having the content for the PGA, NBA, MMA altogether. Some other stuff coming in the works as well. So be sure to subscribe to the channel notification bell. So you're notified only about 15% of you are notified. That's above YouTube average. So shout out all you people who are, let's see if we can get a little bit more in there. So be sure to do that. Thank you so much. You can check out my tools down below, give you a better edge, a better chance at more ROI return on investment. The more informed you are, the better chances of making informed decisions, better your chances of just winning the dollar rooskies. Thank you so much information in the description below for anything else in that regard, and even more beneficial tutorials down there. You all rock. I'll see you in the next one tomorrow for the betting video. Best of luck in this event from a draft. King's perspective.